0: Here we are again. Welcome to Woodland (laughs) War Machine. We've got another hirelings group episode for you. This time we're talking about Group D. Will anyone get through here to the hireling World Cup final? Well, this episode we're going to talk about the three demoted sides of these hirelings. I'm talking about badger bodyguards, rat smugglers, and the street band.
1: Yes. Yes. So excited to see the band in the mix.
0: Yeah,
2: uh, we should talk about who made it out of uh, C group, right? Before we get started. Oh,
0: of course, the results are in. I hope that this World Cup. I don't. I. I don't have anything.
1: <laughs> Let's find out who did it. <laughs>
2: hey, that was an A for effort, though. Like you really went into it, just like wanting to sell Group C, and then you know. <laughs> You popped a tire on that first turn. <laughs>
0: well, I was like trying to relate it to the World Cup. And I was like, wait, they don't vote in the World Cup. And then I just, it, it, it stopped happening.
2: Well, we do vote in the hireling World Cup. And the Wimmies have spoken over on the Good Time Society Discord. And overwhelmingly, as we predicted, the Raven Sentry slash Corvid Spies took the crown. Well stole a crown stole something shiny and it would be moving on to the next round All right. uh, actually did i tell i didn't tell you guys but uh i was throwing out some trash recently and i noticed that one of the amazon packages that i was throwing out actually still had some merchandise in it so i set it on top of one of my trash cans and threw the rest of the packaging away and then went into my garage to check on something and i turned around and the package was gone i was like what <laughs> i was like no way someone grabbed that in two seconds that i had my back turned and also my neighborhood's pretty safe. So I really doubt that happened. So I started looking around. I went down and down the street, there's two freaking crows <laughs> with my package and they're like pecking at it. And I'm like, Hey, I start yelling at them. I go over there and there's now a bunch of holes in this box of nail polish that Katie purchased they are all just oh perfectly God. little peck holes in it they wow. grabbed it in like literally i'd say like eight or nine seconds is all they had Jeez, <laughs>
0: they're good crafters they're good well, crafters. and they
2: had painted their claws by the time i got there <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's adorable all right so that means the crows joins the, the cats lizards? and the lizards yeah all right right crows cats and lizards for the hirelings let's see uh, which one will join them? This, of course, is the first half of our Group D uh, episode series. So we're just talking about the demoted sides. We'll be talking about the promoted sides next week, and then y'all can vote. But before
2: we dish on that, I think we have to serve up a spoonful of root news. Root news!
1: Ding, 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 ding. That's right. The winter tournament continues apace. And here, bringing you the results of the next five games and concluding the end of round one of this year's winter tournament. Uh, so let's get it rolling. And game 24, a game that we were talking about briefly on our last episode, but we actually got the results. We wanted to share those with you in a more uh, succinct way. This is on the winter map. We had Nikol, Nico GB, Tree Fence and North Abbott as the, uh, the Badgers, Birds, Harrier, and the Lizards. We were talking about how stacked this game was. Yeah, very stacked. And uh, this... This is one of those times where, like, there's just so many talented players at the same table that it's just frightening. And so a major kudos and congrats to Tree Fence, who took it
0: as the Harrier. Nice job. It was a great game. Uh, Tree Fence played very well. And I love the name Tree Fence.
1: Tree Fence. Super fun. Game 25 on the mountain map. We had the badgers, the rats, the cats, and the birds. And if as soon as you hear that mix, you're like... Hang on a second. Isn't that four red factions in the same game? Mm-hmm. And yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> this was brutal. <laughs> this is a grindy just feast of annihilation. And I loved it. Major congrats go to Elivaris who won as the Lord of the Hundreds. A great Ooh. rat's victory on the mountain map on a very crowded board. Yeah, that's great.
0: Yeah, I got to watch that one.
1: That one's yeah, great. it's it's exciting. Everyone is stays, like, very close during the game. It's, it's cool. All uh, right. Honestly,
0: Mountain Map has
1: become significantly more popular in the back half of this first round,
0: which I think is really cool. Do you think it's because we've been calling people out for using Winter Map too much? <laughs>
1: no, I think it's because people have been listening to our episode about the Lost City. Lost City, man. Too fun. Trying to put those strats to work. Yeah. Game 26 also taking place on the mountain map Which is why I mentioned it We had the moles, <laughs> the woodland alliance The adventurer vagabond what? The um, questy vagabond And the eerie dynasties So this one was a lot more balanced We had two red factions, two insurgents This game featured a dominance play <gasps> and, and it won, right? And it, well <laughs> They always win now <laughs> Sam, I know you're traumatized by this, <laughs> but no, this was this was a dominance play that was just immediately defeated. <laughs> <laughs> no, explain.
2: Who
0: was it? It was a uh, rabbit so dominance. The,
1: the duchy went for bird dominance in this. Oh. Uh, in this okay, one, okay. On that map. Interesting. And they did set up for a victory, but they overlooked a burst from the woodland alliance so Ah. hats off to monte cristo for timing the burst just right and clinching the victory in the face of i mean it probably wasn't gonna happen because the Erie had like a lot of presence although i think the idea was that they were gonna somehow turmoil the Erie or something Mm. but regardless the woodland alliance timed it just right and clinched the victory well done game 27 taking place on the autumn slash summer map I'm gonna call. I just habitually call it the autumn map, even though we all know that the clearing suits are randomized. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, the cool thing about this, the reason why there's some confusion, is that summer map has had the trees repainted, <laughs> right? So that they don't um, reflect the kind of default clearing suits. It's fun. It gives more flexibility. So I guess we'll call it summer map for now. This one had the eerie dynasties, the duchy, the rats, and the badgers once again a four-red faction bloodbath. This this tournament has... Um, I, I feel like last year, there was a lot more low-reach, three-insurgents and one-red faction kind of yeah. games going on. By contrast, round one of this year's winter tournament has been overwhelmingly um, red factions.
2: Fighty, warrior-heavy... Um, dudes on a map type factions. This is purely anecdotal, but I feel like when we first started this podcast, people treated policing as such a hindrance back in the day, like a, a, a chore. And I think people still treat it that way now, but less they'd rather just be strong enough to at least deal with it and not have to make it a big effort.
1: Yeah. Well, it, it costs tempo, right. To, right. To do those policing
0: actions. Also, we've, Got two new factions that, like, battle yeah. all the time now. Yes. I think that
2: people have also incorporated policing into their natural movement mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, mechanisms anyway a lot better. I was just going to say the
1: same thing. The efficiency of how people are spending their turns, what they're choosing to do with those actions. Yeah. Uh, everyone's kind of, like, choosing strategies that put them in a position to check other players which is interesting, and it leads to really fascinating games, especially in these high-reach uh, type environments, like this game was. Uh, but as we know, Summer Map is a very connected kind of map, so it tends to be good for badgers, it tends to be good for the uh, Eerie the Dynasties. However, the Erie got to 29 victory points in this no. game. Got so close! Been there. Uh, but big congrats to Switch, who closed it out with the Duchy. Another Duchy win for this tournament. This is... It's actually it's a little bit less pre- uh, prevalent than it was last year. I will say. I think the Duchy went on kind of a steamroll last year, and this year it's been a little more of an even mixture. But still, you can never never count them out, even if they go bird dominance.
0: Yeah, even when you counterplay them, they're still a great faction. <laughs> yeah, they're very flexible. They have a lot of tools. Ugh, twenty nine though.
2: Have the moles all been playing kind of the same strategy though? I I was wondering I haven't watched all the games in enough depth to know this, but like I feel like there used to be a lot more variety in mole play and now it's much safer because policing tends to be more intense on them with the meta. Is that true slash fair?
0: I I can answer it from a general point of view. Okay. Which is I do think that like this kind of like small mole into swole is a very popular Thing I think similar to how we see God of War, Eerie, is kind of the default with Mm -hmm. Eerie. And then occasionally you see somebody start with Despot or just don't go. And God of War has some flexibility. Like, when do you put the recruit? When do you put the battle cards in there? How many bird cards do they have? Like, there's a lot of... Give it some natural variants. But I do think that...
2: But everybody goes small first, right? Because you can't take the punishment of losing a building early because, and people are looking for that now. Like there's a meta of hit the moles if there's not, if that you can, right. they are going to, they're going to they're gonna keep going. It's small into swole or small into sliv, right? That's <laughs> correct. Right. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> have to edit that out.
2: Yeah. I will say, I think that's, that's the
1: kind of default plan for right now. Um, this, of course, we don't need to get into it now, but the the duchy has gone through a whole kind of rainbow of meta approaches to it and has sort of settled kind of, I would say a little bit uncomfortably into its current state, which is like, you start small and then augment from there. Yeah. But that's a nice, like, flexible plan. I think it's going to stick around for at least for now. I would actually really love to hear from our community about this. Have you noticed a shift in duchy approaches and strategy kind of beyond what we've mentioned here. Anything prevailing this year that has surprised you? Let us know on the good time society discord in the woodland war machine channel.
0: Yeah. What's the Fox crafter equivalent for moles right now? <laughs> like what are all the cool uh, kids doing? Yeah. Of course, referring to the
1: Marquise de cats um, new kid obsession with the Fox crafting ability. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, Nitro Rev, a uh, longtime fan of the pod, has just released a YouTube video talking all about uh, how great fox crafting is for the Marquise de Cat. Go check that oh, out. Did you too. really? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Lays it out very nicely. I was uh, I was really enjoying it. It's in his video about, specifically, Yuri Emigre, a card that we didn't rate very highly on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And our last game that we're covering today, the end of round one. This is game 28, also taking place in the mountain map. And we had a three-player game. This one had the Otters, the Woodland Alliance, and the Moles. Fan of the pod, Opie's Funeral. Ooh. Woo! Played as the Otters and had a great game, I will say. But Nate Dog took it home as the Woodland Alliance. I mean, in a three-player game, you give them enough room to expand, they might end up doing it.
0: Yeah, it's hard. Otters in a three-player game, when one of those players is Woodland Alliance, is a tough position to be in. Yeah, they not a lot be of done, buyers. Sure. But, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, I was surprised to hear that Woodland Alliance would come out on top there.
1: The unchosen faction was the Vagabond. So, <laughs> uh, you know, what a they wow. were kind of locked cursed. into this.
2: That's a very something cursed situation. Like so it's going to be yeah. the
1: Alliance or the Vagabond. and mm-hmm. Got the Alliance version. I mean, the nice thing is, is that the Alliance does counter the moles pretty hard. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, the, I honestly think the Alliance was like the perfect pick for this matchup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, well, congrats to all of our winners from round one. Commiserations to everyone who did not win their game. However, there is an extra life in the Root Winter Tournament. The loser's bracket kicks off very soon. You have another shot to make
0: it further in this tournament. Or an opportunity to join the Cool Kids Losers Club, which will be starting up again this year, of course. But you have to lose your loser's bracket game, all right? You have to be eliminated to be a cool kid.
1: The entrance requirements are more strict this time.
0: Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks, Kyle. Great stuff. All right. Let's get into the hirelings World Cup. Group D, the demoted sides. First off, we got a favorite of mine, Badger Bodyguards. Jake?
2: Badger Bodyguards. For the controller in battle, you ignore the first hit you take. This does not combine with other effects that let you ignore the first hit you take.
0: Mmm, that's very straightforward and very good. Constant devout knights, essentially, without
2: having to worry about having a token
0: there. Right. And notably,
1: this is in battle, not as defender or attacker, just as a continuous, persistent effect. And this would apply to ambushes as well. So you would soak the first hit from an ambush uh, if you have badger,
0: badger bodyguards hired. Now, the parenthetical text here says that you can't combine it with other effects that let you ignore the first hit. Can you all think of, I couldn't figure it out for a long time, what is the game effect that allows you to do that, that you could have with this? Yes,
1: I believe it would be the Lord of the Hundreds' stubborn mood lets you soak a hit.
0: Yeah, that's the only other thing in the game that lets you ignore a hit. Other than a couple of the cards we're going to get into. But they don't ignore the first hit. Ignoring the first hit is only Devout Knights, Badger Bodyguards, and Stubborn Mood for the Lord mm. of Hundreds.
1: Yeah, Marauder's expansion is really obsessed with that first hit.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, so who is this good for? I uh, wrote Everybody. Okay. This is Yeah, yeah. W- yeah. Do you battle or are you
2: battled? <laughs> this is good for you.
0: <laughs> Do I have a hireling for you?
2: Have you ever found yourself in a war game?
0: <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice to not get warred so hard? Here's Badger Bodyguards. It's
1: just the the kind of thing where like the the numbers are so low in Root that one singular hit can really tip the scales. Like yeah. it's I don't want to over, you know, hype it, but for real, though, just being able to soak a single hit could save a building, could save a token, could prevent your opponents from ruling a clearing or getting that last point they need. I mean, this this could really change the calculus
0: in a major way. Even just like you said earlier, Kyle, oh, I could play an ambush on you, but it's only going to do one. <laughs> yeah. It feels bad. It feels like it's a waste of an ambush, kind of, you know? So you might even deter people from using an ambush. Yes, it's
2: additionally a, a deterrent. That's that's such a great benefit as well, right? They don't want to waste the card.
0: Yeah. It's just useful. Kind of at every stage of the game for everyone.
1: And, I mean, think about this. If it's one warrior versus one warrior, yours <laughs> yeah. is always alive. Yeah. At the end of that battle. I, yeah. I mean, uh, other effects notwithstanding. Sure. But, like... You know, if you're the cats or something And you get this hireling All of your cats are gonna survive Their one-on-one battles And just, like, be around and be annoying It's great
0: I guess I'll just kind of go through each one of the factions (laughs) And kind of talk about why it's good for them Uh, Lizards are trying to protect their gardens Um It's true that you'll get one less acolyte, I suppose. I think uh, you'll always make that trade, though. Duchy, another turtle faction. They want to protect their stuff. Um, these are more using it on defensive.
2: But it's everywhere, too, though, Sam. Like, it's not like they don't have to be in the same clearing as these people because they don't, they're right. they not on the map, right? So, like, it's also the Duchy's pieces that are just sitting out there to be swayed, which are generally in enemy territory where the enemy can just swipe them away with yeah. an easy action.
1: I was thinking about that as well. Those solo molos, they get to. Right, withstand a little more pressure and possibly stick around and make it easier for you to sway.
2: At their worst, this prevents 33% of damage. That's a ton of damage.
0: <laughs> oh <my laughs> prevention, oh, I've right? got some statistics that, that'll be like, this thing is very good. Um, so Better than also, the one I just did? Yeah, it is better than okay. the one I just did. Yeah. Okay, cool. Just checking. Yeah, I did some research. Okay, so... <laughs> Did you look that number up, Jake? All right, so <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I hope I'm right. Uh, so even just like lone cardboard, right? They actually have to roll now. Yeah, a zero zero undefended. saves that cardboard, undefended this, cardboard. This that's protects huge. undefended
1: yeah. pieces.
0: Actually, Wait, that's really nice for the alliance. Yeah, yeah. It if does, you roll right? zero
2: zero against undefended cardboard, right? Because they roll, they add an additional hit, but that hit would be prevented if it was a zero zero. That right. would be the first hit. Right.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so very wow. good for all those uh, so vagabond this is so gross for vagabond, right because like already actually trying to get to the stuff that matters to break their important stuff you have to chew through like five or six useless items and then much less every one of those battles they're they're saving one of their good ones and then when they attack <laughs> then they they're not even damaging their items really like it's yeah uh it's it's bad. Yeah, that means more
1: questing. That means easier regen after a battle. They don't have to go to the forest as often. This is broken for Vagabond.
0: (laughs) Woodland Alliance might get the best use out of it, and I'll skip ahead to special teams here. Uh, Woodland Alliance, if they have this, they will only take a hit or one or more hits, which is one or two hits, 12.5% of the time. Gross. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) That does not feel like you want to roll those dice. (laughs) Um, Also, they're still doing attacks damage to you, right?
1: Yeah. 12.5% of the time is quite low, and it was already quite low. The other thing for the Woodland Alliance is because of Guerrilla War, they take the higher roll. That means if any zeros show up, suddenly your battle against sympathy
0: didn't work. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It stays around. 25%. Is that right? probably more than 25% chance of just whiffing on that, right?
1: Uh, no, I think it's 25% because there's four possible combinations that involving a zero. But you would always take the lower one, right? Wouldn't that be yeah, Yes, so you would always take it. So four out of 16 is 25%. Twenty five.
0: Hmm. Feels wrong. Okay. <laughs>
1: well, I, but am... I guess either die could turn it, but the, yeah. It's probably more. Let us know, Emmys.
2: Hey, friends, Past Jake here. I've traveled forward in time from the year 2022, specifically in March when we recorded the RNG and Fallacies episode, when we talked about all these statistics with the battle dice. While zero does come up technically 25% of the time on a single die, if you are the defender, in this case, you are taking the lower roll, then that zero will apply to you 43.75% of the time. All right, back to the show.
1: We're not here to do math for you. We're here yeah. to analyze this card. And the fact is... Badger, bodygu- Badger bodyguards can let defenseless sympathy stick around on the board. Yeah. Far past its expiration date.
0: Yeah. Great for cats because cats are always under attack. Great to soak a hit. Or if cats are doing battle, all the better. Though they do have field hospitals. So getting those cats back isn't that big of a deal. Um, crows. Uh, oh, that's huge for crows. It's yeah, good it's for big. crows. Especially if they're battling a face down plot token, they're taking an extra hit and you're ignoring a hit. Yeah. That's yeah. a big swing. Um, rats are doing battles many times a turn. And so keeping those rats alive is gonna be big. Yeah, this could lead to an immediate snowball
1: victory for the for the rats. Yeah. Even like two turns with yeah. badger bodyguards could be
0: decisive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this this one's good. Think about an advance,
1: right? If you advance through multiple clearings and keep that cluster of rat warriors intact throughout that mm-hmm. rampage, it's, I mean, it's going to be hard to beat them down and come back yeah. from that.
0: Gosh, yeah. This is just so useful. All right, so let's talk about who it counters. Uh, it does help counter the Woodland Alliance. If you have it, <laughs> you can, you know, since they get the higher roll due to guerrilla warfare, Any little bit of mitigating that advantage for them is helpful. It makes you feel better about going in there and trying to storm a a base if you have a little uh, bodyguard on your side. Right. Uh, We talked about, oh, in Vagabond, same way, where if we're going to have to chew through nine items and we're going to be taking retaliatory hits, it feels better to have the shield and all that. And rats, because rats are going to be attacking all the time, they... Probably aren't coming for you. It's almost more. It deters the rats from attacking you uh, more than it will impact the battles. Just because rats want to totally eliminate you from a clearing, and if each battle you ignore the first hit, they might not be coming for you first.
1: I do think that badger bodyguards' role as a deterrent is interesting to think about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, we're we're here doing the kind of like back of the napkin kind of calculations about. Sort of how much force is required, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. I, to me, it's almost like not worth it to attack into Badger Bodyguards. It's like very good. And you're. it might not be worth it to do it.
0: Yeah. If we think about like where it comes from, right? Devout Knights. The whole thing with Devout Knights is that there's a relic in that clearing. Yes. Yeah. So if you get through it, you will get two points, which feels like, okay, high risk, high reward, or like it's a big valiant battle. But with this, there's no reward at the end of this battle tunnel. They're just ignoring hits. It's also sometimes a, like a
2: risk slash a hindrance for the Badgers to have to like still have it out there, right? Yeah. Like they, they left it out there. Yeah, if they lose it, scoring it,
0: it's bad. Yeah,
2: right. It gets thrown into the forest.
1: <laughs> the The interesting thing about this is that it's on a clock, right? You're going to have to pass this hireling off to someone yep. else. Yeah. And I almost think that the temporary nature of this hireling faction plays into that calculus as well you're like well it's definitely awful to attack this turn but next turn when it's gone then i can like strike out at my opponent that i'm like not attacking now so you could actually just buy yourself a couple of turns just from getting this hireling Mm -hmm. and if people are thinking in that in that type of way that kind of like pragmatic like we'll wait till it's actually worth it to do it I mean, basically for free, you've just got time and space to set up however you need to slightly overextend and not get punished for it. This this this
2: enables
1: greedy strategies,
2: I think. Well, it absolutely it does. It also enables aggressive strategies because we're thinking, because this is a defensive ability, we're thinking about it defensively. But as an offensive ability, it's still quite powerful. Like... You prevent the hits taken when you're rampaging. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so if you want to go get stuff done and keep your force intact, you can do that. So I'm I'm curious to see when this gets played of like, is it a D up situation and get your economy going and uh, don't get hit? Or is it a take advantage of the fact that you are, uh, you've got a Kevin Costner with you at all times <laughs> to protect you? <laughs> Sorry, yeah. that was the first bodyguard I could think of. Uh, <laughs> if you guys have any off-the-cuff bodyguard references.
0: Um, it, that's the movie with Whitney Houston. Yeah, it's called The Bodyguard. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, here's what I like about this. Uh, demoted hireling from a design point of view. A lot of these we've talked about, like, it'll be like, oh, add a warrior or whatever. And you're like, yeah, just give it to the vagabond because they can't even use it. Because this is so good for everybody... That choice of who you pass to feels important, um, more so than I think all of the other ones we've talked about.
2: This this is what I was wondering about with a couple of the hirelings that we we actually haven't really talked about the aspect of like, yes, they're good for everybody. So what does that mean when you pass it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like where the score becomes less important than the faction matchup yeah. is like your your calculus is heavier there, right? Right. Like, this one is just, like, much more situationally than necessarily points.
0: Yeah, could be. Yeah, I think the only thing I'd be like, just don't pass it to the Woodland Alliance. <laughs> but other than that, it it is, like, it really depends on the game state. The
2: Vagabond could just take four turns to have it or whatever. And oh. You're just going to be angry an yeah. hour later. Yeah. Because you can't do anything about him.
0: Yeah. All right, so should we rush to get it? Okay. I'm thinking if you're like a vagabond and want to dissuade the early punches, it makes sense that you might rush for it. Or like like Jake was kind of talking about with the rampaging, like if you're like a God of War, Erie or Rats where it's like I have to do battles in the early game here, you might be able to like set yourself up where those don't really have a downside.
2: I want to add to that, Sam, like, if you aren't those things, but you need, like, the situation at the table is calling for you to go stop somebody because, uh-oh, they're getting out of control and no one else is doing it, this is an opportunity for you to do it with less risk. Yeah. I, I don't think I don't think you'd want to, but if you're in that situation, you, this is a key that unlocks that door a little bit. For sure.
1: Yeah, if you're facing a, a Corvid conspiracy that is in the corners and they're setting up for, like, an early burst, that's going to be kind of their point cliff that they're going to try and push themselves towards the end with i mean this does soak embedded agents right so this could be a way to like be give you the the um ability to reach out slightly and disrupt somebody's early game plans if you see a duchy that's being greedy for example building a building this could be a great uh thing to reach for so you can go smash, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah, I think I've been thinking about, like, should you rush for it as, like, turn one or turn two, kind of. Or really, like, turn one. Like, should you put yourself in the position to be able to use it turn two? And I don't think a lot of the situations we've been talking about, like, are going to happen that early in the game. Sure. Um, but, of course, this is useful basically at every point in the game. But, like, should you sh- should you throw off your, you know, predetermined kind of, like, scoring tempo to gain this ability for the first couple turns.
1: I'm just trying to think of like what faction could do this for a real advantage. You know what I mean? Like maybe if you're the cats or something, you could
2: keep your lines together somehow. I mean, if you're the cats and you got it on like turn two, you can do the thing you hate to do, which is move and battle and when you do it it doesn't hurt as much i mean like seriously like the cats not only do they want to set up early they want everybody else not to yeah so that's a good way to be like well i got my sawmills down now i'm gonna go hit you even though you thought i wasn't going to but i have a kevin costner with me a <laughs> gregor clegane uh, a uh <laughs> now, what was the hound's name sandor a sandor clegane clegane mm-hmm. clegane Gleclane, McLean, <laughs> John McClane
0: all right um so some card interactions here and I basically just have every battle card in both decks <laughs> we've got command warren giving us an extra battle great uh armorers is particularly awesome you ignore all rolled hits so in a situation where you do get ambush, you soak the one hit and then you discard armors oh. to get all the hits. You nice. only take one and that's just the leftover from the ambush. Nice. Wow. So that's kind of fun.
2: Or leftover hits from like a warlord, right? Aren't there non rolled hits from Yes, him? yeah.
0: Yeah. They can mm-hmm. deal extra hits as well as the commander uh leader for the Eerie brutal tactics deals an extra hit so now you're dealing an extra hit and soaking a hit so that feels good sappers is the same way but just one extra hit and i think it's as defender as defender yeah. so you still swing it too though that feels it feels like a better use of sappers than normal right yeah eerie emigre hey don't say we don't talk about it Uh, Uh, This is great because that free battle Is even more useful Kyle I mentioned many times in your tournament game How you love tiny little battles Um, And this is like One of the best cards for tiny little battles Because it basically means you have tiny little Invincible battles
1: I love it I am am a huge fan Of tiny little battles And I think that tiny battles are Underrated in Root I also think that's a
0: kick-ass band name Tiny little battles um, going from one band name to another League of Adventurous Mice, uh, a, a very good use of just being able to get an extra battle in here. The free battle is going to be even more effective. And then probably the best here, it's partisans because yes. both yeah. on offense and on defense, you will deal an extra hit and soak a hit, which just is so fun. Yeah. You're just shredding <laughs> any opponent yeah. at that point. Yeah. Um, and then we talked about the special teams of the Woodland Alliance getting this it's your chances of doing one or two hits is 12.5% so overall score what are we thinking boys yeah I'm gonna say this one is like
1: five out of five cauldrons of boiling oil
0: (laughs) did I miss something yeah (laughs) What, what, what are you talking about I'm not seeing that on the art here. All right, so you know when here. you're like
1: attacking a castle, and like the castle's defenders just like they just have like a huge advantage because they're inside a castle,
0: <laughs> so they pour boiling oil all over you. Oh, whoa, yeah, um, yeah, that hasn't happened to me, but I believe you. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's what I'm thinking about for this card. It's because it's like you just have such a huge
2: defensive advantage, and uh, it, it, it's it's not the it's not the wooden. Uh, structure that goes over you that is covered in tanned hides, which repels said oil. That the defensive nature of not taking the hit. Man, I just, technology moves so fast these
1: days. I had no idea that tanned hides was a good defense against boiling oil. <laughs>
0: I feel like none of these are really what Badger Bodyguards are doing, but we're moving you know on. What? I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this, I'm gonna give Badger yeah. Bodyguards a 38,
2: percent which is what the to, uh, Rotten Tomatoes rating is for the Bodyguards <laughs> starring Kevin Costner <laughs> and Whitney Houston. But it's, it's really
0: pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. it's better than 38. Yeah, yeah, give it a, give it a watch, won't you? Okay uh getting on Not the movie sam what <laughs> i didn't mean the movie's that good oh, oh i'm at the I, card oh i thought you were just a big fan of whitney houston's bodyguard jake <laughs> i will always love this next hireling it is rat smugglers jake rat smugglers the controller
2: for the controller any number of times in daylight you may discard a card with an item in order to move or battle. You do not need to be able to craft it.
0: Okay, now before we talk about this game's effect, this card art is awesome. Okay, we have a rat that is sewing a blanket of some kind. Um, (laughs) But also, I've never noticed this. I don't think it's on the other rat stuff. The like kind of patterning in the background where there's like a flame and then there's a cheese and then there's a cheese with a sword and a knife stuck in it. (laughs) <laughs> um it's just very This is cute. like the tabard of the lord of the hundreds yeah it looks like mm-hmm. yeah i don't know why this i guess this is the item we're discarding to move or battle i don't know really what's going on with these smugglers but this effect is very interesting any number of times we can just discard a card to do a battle or a move mm. this okay wait at first glance to me this seems kind of expensive yeah it has to be a card with an item on it right which does make up twenty of the cards in the deck,
2: which is a lot of a fifty-four yeah. card deck, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and they will—they're obviously semi-useless, or not semi-useless. They're half as useful once those items are already crafted, right? Right. So it's not like you, we're going to do anything with them other than to play them for their suit, right? Um, in that case, but like this feels like—I don't know—I'd rather do something else with that card than one move or one battle in a lot of situations, wouldn't I?
0: Yeah, it might, you know, there has to be a little bit of the stars aligning, right? You have the hireling and you have the cards in your hand, right? And that cost for doing, you know, it provided you can't craft the card, then it's like, okay, a move or a battle. But you might also want to play it for its suit, right? Like lizards, or maybe you want to add it to the decree. So yeah, I agree with you, Jake. I think there's a little bit of the stars having to align here, mm-hmm. but you can also picture it where you've like curated a card of like three or four <laughs> item cards in your hand, um, and then you go hog wild with the battles.
1: I was just going to say, the fact that it's unlimited
0: yes. is actually
1: pretty great, because uh, for, for by way of contrast, League of Adventurous Mice, where you exhaust an item in your crafted item box in order to take a move or battle, um, that you can only activate one time per turn, and you have to exhaust an item to do it. This, you're just discarding an item card and you can do it as many times as you want to. So yeah, I do like the idea of saving up for like a mega turn where you can suddenly take so many more actions and battles than would otherwise be, you know, possible to even calculate, Mm -hmm. which I think is fun and surprising. The other nice thing about this card though, is how many times have you been in a game of root? You're like, okay, then I just need to go here. And then as long as I can take out the defenders, I can get to that sweet, sweet cardboard. And you roll, like, a 1-1. Right. Yep. (laughs) And you're like, that was not the roll. Okay. And now i got to replan the whole, like, rest of my turn because of that. Well, this is a get-out-of-jail-free card for that situation. Yeah, exactly.
0: Now, uh, Jake and I are furiously uh, type battling here whether or not this is good for lizards. Uh, Jake, would you want to make your case for why this is good for lizards? Well, they
2: don't want to discard cards, but we're talking about a situation. We're talking about situations where it's beneficial. And a lot of the times they can't attack somebody anywhere because fortune hasn't <laughs> smiled on them like obviously yeah but like i know they don't want to discard cards i know right. it's too important to hold on to them but if we're talking about special situations which we are uh, this is a perfect situation to have a battle wherever you want or a move right
0: yeah. yeah yeah it feels it feels good it, it kind of gives you some control over the outcast suit right like i'm not relying on the outcast suit for moving in battle. that too i guess yeah
1: for me I'm, I'm also like if this is against the woodland alliance for example and there's right. sympathy on your garden it's like you're gonna lose that card from a revolt anyway so like why not spend it now and Save take the care stuff. of your problem yeah.
0: you will lose another yeah.
2: card for the battle too but yeah totally that's what i'm saying sam is how often as a lizard player have you lamented that you literally can't do anything about that and by that being the problem. Yeah, a <laughs> like, sympathy
0: is, or a mob token. Yeah. yeah, it's more embarrassing than it is anything else. Um, but yeah, it. I, I hear you. I hear you. Or but policing, then it's, I'm even still waiting for the stars to align to have make sure I have an item card in my hand and I have this hireling.
1: Very true, very true. I will say, though, you can arrange your daylight however you want to. So you could theoretically reveal all the cards that you need to before you discard an item card. So you wouldn't actually have to give up anything to outrage. Oh,
0: right, right. That is a good point, Kyle.
1: So some, some turn of, uh, kind of order of operations. Yeah, that's true. Niftiness can help manage that, that specific interaction, which is to me, that's the most dire version of this, uh, lizards suddenly need like a battle action in a clearing where they have no ability to do
0: anything. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. All right. Who is this good for? I wrote Vagabond. Why did I do that? The Tinker? Well, is okay. This... The Tinker, this is very good for the Tinker. Okay, <laughs> this yeah. just yeah, being yeah, in yeah. the game is good for the Tinker, right? Sure. Uh, obviously, we're referring to Tinker's uh, torch ability day labor where they can take a card from the discard pile. I think it has to match their clearing, but that's not really an issue. Um, so, uh, And we're skipping to special teams again, folks. The Tinker... All right, this is just kind of a magic Christmas land I made up here. The Tinker can discard a sword with rat smugglers in order to take a battle. Okay? Then they can use a torch to grab that card back into their hand, craft it, and then use that sword as another battle. (laughs) That's the devil. Yeah. Yeah, that's intense, but just like anything like just discarding these items that you can get back with just your torch action, which after your first four turns, what are you doing? You know, Uh, so very good for Tinker specifically. I have a question.
1: Hmm. So the Tinker starts the game without any swords. If you got this hireling, could you discard a sword and initiate a battle even though you don't have any swords?
0: Yes. I guess you could. You wouldn't do any hits.
1: So you would only be able to do hits to undefended things.
0: Yes, you're right. You could take out a sympathy without a sword with this. Hmm. You're right. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. That's yeah.
1: that's a very odd little edge case there. Yeah, that's cool.
0: That's cool. <laughs>
2: Sam, I, I assume you wrote other Vagabonds for this simply because they don't have a high need for the cards once the item has been crafted, right? Yeah. I mean, the... Vagabonds don't need cards as often as anybody else. Yeah, so I think why I was they've got cards
0: to spare in battles they yeah. want to do, but really they want those items. So. They,
2: they do, but I think after after that point is over in the game, then it's just, tw- you know, yeah. 50% well, of the deck that they can use for this.
1: Here's a, a way that this could also impact the Vagabond. As you recall, once the Vagabond's hostile with a faction, it costs them an extra boot every time they want to move into a hostile clearing mm-hmm. or clearing with hostile warriors. Oh, this, yeah. Is a yeah. way for them to move almost like a slip into a clearing without having to spend those boots. So, for nice. example, if um, it's like late in the game and there's some cardboard that you want to go after to, to cross the finish line, but you've like you know gotten hit a bunch and you've left your boots scattered all over the forest, uh, this could be a way to like get that extra flexibility that you need to close out the game.
0: I think you actually do still have to exhaust one boot though. Because I'm I'm reading it right now, 9.2.9 um, 9, subsection 3B, moving into hostile clearings. You may exhaust, or you must exhaust an extra boot to move into a clearing with any warriors of any hostile faction.
2: Objection, Your Honor. By having extra in that sentence, doesn't it imply that you were doing the first one? I don't know. I don't know either. That's
1: interesting. I would say I'm inclined that, like, the starting number is zero, so you have to do an extra one, which is one. Yeah. So you have would have to exhaust one boot, I guess.
0: Right. You can still do an extra hit if you didn't do any hits, right? Okay. All, all right. thicker think we're, think we're Other all Other right. factions <laughs> this is good for. Um, We got the Eerie <laughs> Dynasties, right? They've got maybe some cards to spare, and an extra move or an extra battle could be huge in terms of keeping your decree alive. Yes. And, we'll,
2: and might be, like, the thing that... Everybody didn't see. Yes. Like, well he can't move. Or, well, the eerie player can't move from there, so we've got them locked up, but little did they remember. And the this? timing thing here is that you can activate rat smugglers
1: before you start fulfilling your decree. Mm-hmm. For example, if you are a charismatic eerie with three warriors in the supply, but two cards in recruit, you're gonna turn around and recruit. Here you can just discard an item card to initiate a battle before you start any decree steps. And uh, and
0: kind of rescue yourself from yep. turmoil, which is super awesome. <laughs> also, you can do your battles and then discard a card to take a move before you build. Ah, interesting. Which, yeah, nice. which kind of like Excellent. changes because they're so programmed to do this things in a certain order. Kind of nice to have just a little flexibility, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Cats. This is great for cats. Cats got cards to spare and we don't like moving or battling yeah uh, granted this would be a move. you don't get to march with this. Um, yes. it would just be one move um but uh, you know cats are always hurting for those extra actions and they have cards to spare so th- this this works out great for them. a free battle is very nice. yeah. crows crows although they like crafting those items too. An extra action here or there is helpful, and crows usually have a good, healthy hand of cards to work with. So they can always make that call there.
1: Well, this one, I was going to say, this is actually, instead of exerting, you can instead spend an item card to take that extra move that you would have used exert for or battle or or whatever and still get to draw cards at the end of the turn. So in in my mind, I'm like, this actually is just a, a nice kind of exert. Thing that you can substitute in a yeah. way which
0: is fun um i wrote otters because i actually don't know if this one pans out
2: it is an easy way for them to get a card out of their hand that an opponent could craft yes that they can't yeah but then they'd want to sell it anyway
0: but the thing is you could just draw an extra card and then discard it at the end of your turn because you went over your hand limit assuming you're right, but close to your th- hand but limit. now
2: you get a move in a battle out of it sam yeah,
0: but... Or, excuse me, a move or a battle. Yeah, but the the cost for drawing a card, moving or battling for the Otters is all the same.
1: Yeah, it would equal out. I mean, you're basically just milling the deck for what that's worth. Yeah. But, like, I mean, maybe the thing to do as the Otters is to draw a handful of item cards and have this hireling and then just say, like, don't try it.
0: You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like Otter Death Ball activate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with all the powers of the boots and bags of the forest. <laughs> um, okay, uh, Woodland Alliance loves this, I think, for the moves. The moves are nice. The moves you know, nice. I know they don't have all the cards in, to spare in the world. They'd rather throw them into supporters. But I, a couple extra moves to organize is clutch.
2: And they have so few moves to do. So yeah. percentage-wise, it's just a huge upgrade. Mm-hmm. And usually when they're doing it, it's late in the game. When they can spare the cards. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, this hireling gets really good in the late game. When those cards are dead. And it's like, forget about it. Who cares about this card? In the beginning, you're like, "Uh, I probably want to craft the item for the points. That way, other people won't get the points in the future, is my thinking. But it depends on the situation, of course. Who does this help counter? Uh, The biggest counter for me is the lizards. Because not only are you getting the extra battles against them. Which they hate, but then you can seed the lost souls, maybe. Right? Interesting. Yeah. This has, you can discard any number of times, right? Is the most like tr- controlling the outcast suit we've seen. I mean,. But it's You're still gonna be like suits of what you have. Yeah, the suits on the item like, card. It's a yeah. little bit of like, okay, well, I got these two. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably gonna do it either way, but <laughs> yeah. it's it's an extra consideration. It's an interaction. In an emergency, you, you can throw account. the
1: outcast for sure. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this with for otters something, and this isn't a specific otters counter exactly, but imagine you have control of rat smugglers, and you can purchase an item card from the otters and use that to help you cross the finish line okay to me i'm like winning the game is worth however many warriors it costs to get that card (laughs) yeah for sure
0: you're right that yeah for that clutch buy is good and i just i just figured it out right you buy an honor or you buy mercenaries and then you use these on the extra battles to dwindle the mercenaries down interesting that's fascinating yeah uh, and then it helps counter the Vagabond because we are getting rid of the items. We're choosing not to craft, and a lot of times we put them in hand jail. With This doesn't help counter the Tinker, unfortunately. <laughs> really just speeds the Tinker, but um, a lot of times we don't want the Vagabond to get the items, so we're finding a way to discard them because we don't want to craft them and have them come get them from us. And then this makes just discarding them worth a move or a battle. So that's very helpful for countering the Vagabond. But should we rush to get it?
1: I mean, probably not, right? Because especially early in the game, you don't have the card draw to, like, sustain any kind of advantage with this card, I think.
0: Yeah. it's why It'd be weird to think, like, oh, I've got a handful of item cards. And instead of, like, setting up my crafting pieces, I'm going to burn them to battle someone battle. turn one or turn two, turn three. Like, I don't know. If you need to battle that early you're a faction that can probably do it yeah that's a good
2: point jake yeah you're built for it that's the thing with this hireling in general for me is like the overall cost of the card is so situational Mm -hmm. in its usefulness percentage wise because someone who would want to specifically like in move i think it's more valuable than battle because everybody who needs to battle can largely do it for the for their natural cost, mm-hmm. paying a card is a lot for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, this yeah to me this is a card that you get full benefits once you're online. Yeah, and have a secure draw, a secure action base, and a secure position. It's then a little you can win like, more. Yeah, yeah. You can use this to really um, hit where you need to. Um, it just it gives you some extra actions to like make your game even better you know Mm -hmm. but if you just don't have much to work with i just don't think this is going to amplify your strategy very very well it needs stuff to burn i think that's that's what we're kind of saying yeah it needs stuff to burn in order to like push you
2: somewhere it's easy to determine who to give it to it's who doesn't have cards in their hands
0: yeah generally So some card interactions here. We've got Better Bureau Bank, right? If we're drawing an extra card, that's a card we could discard, right? Or hopefully we're looking for an item card, right? Make the decision as we go. And Swap Meet. That's probably the best value here is taking an item card from someone that they were going to craft and then discarding it to battle them. Just feels like a a punch to the gut. What about the item cards? What about them? (laughs) oh the the card interactions yeah yeah (laughs) yeah oh yeah yeah good point good point yeah this one works really well with coins specifically (laughs) you're really going to want to have coins in your hand and just discard it you don't even want to craft it you want to discard coins you get that free move think about the value there okay uh one more thing for special teams mole artisans remember the card that when you craft an item you reveal Mm. a card Yeah, I was like, "Oh, that's gonna work great here." It doesn't actually because you reveal it and then you take the card back at the end of evening. Right, right. Because It gets
2: like placed on the side. It doesn't actually get discarded, right? Right. All
0: right. So, what's the score for Rat Smugglers? (laughs) Give us twenty out of fifty-four. Twenty out of fifty-four. Yeah, that seems right. (laughs) That seems right. Twenty out of (laughs) fifty-four. For how many item cards are in the deck? Love
2: it. I I see all the situational stuff we mentioned. I just find it too situational to be that excited about
0: yeah yeah
2: it just seems like a hireling that's gonna get thrown around a lot so yeah you take it
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah it does have that vibe somebody's gonna do one battle you weren't expecting and we're gonna be like
2: hmm. i mean it, it will probably deliver a, a like a clinching play or something like that like it can happen mm-hmm. i'm just saying it's statistically not often
0: right let's move on to the street band jake that's cool
2: street band ongoing enemies can (laughs) (laughs) the adams
1: family i guess so yeah all right it is wednesday
2: after all so street band jake hit us with it (laughs) for a second i thought like is that is that the night of the week that the adult child is currently on, but yes, no, the daughter. Uh, <laughs> ongoing. Enemies, street band, ongoing enemies cannot move from a clearing with a band warrior on the same turn they moved into it. Then, once in daylight, place a band warrior in any clearing. Sam, I assume there are four band warriors?
0: I believe there are five. Oh, so two guitarists, like a rhythm and a lead. Right, yeah, that's right. <laughs> lead singer, bass, and drums, yeah. Um, but they all play the fife as well. Apparently, oh, interesting. They
2: all also play the fife. Yes, that's a cacophonous band.
0: <laughs> you just have to stop and listen. <laughs> you have to stop, a li- Jake. You got to hear this band.
2: What time signature is this? <laughs>
0: <laughs> a waste of your time signature. All right, here. Who is this good for, folks? Well, I think it's good for the factions that want to stay put, right? I think this is
1: good for all people who like adorable meeples. Yes,
0: that's true. This <laughs> is one of the top meeples, if not the top. Uh, not to spoil the end of the group, but it's going to be hard to beat street band from my perspective.
2: <laughs> Why um, do you say it's good for factions that want to stay put?
0: Because the effect of the street band limits movement right so the factions that have to do a lot of movement eerie dynasties rats badgers vagabond when they they're going to have a tough time dealing with this and a lot of uh the factions like lizards moles and cats want other people to get caught up on their march to come and check them right the cats want to protect the keep uh their they're like essential infrastructure their sawmills Moles are going to have a clearing where they're eventually going to throw down some buildings and lizards have their gardens that they're protecting. And the more obstacles in the way for other players to get to them, the better.
2: Now, in the case of hirelings and actually with with all pieces, uh, if there's none left in the supply, you can't do it. So if you were to place a band warrior and all five are already out, then you can't place a band warrior, right?
0: i believe that's the case Uh, many of the hirelings specifically say you can move it uh and this one doesn't yes so i'm saying yeah there's no ruling
2: for it yeah so the only way to reset them is to have them be attacked and i presume you wouldn't put a band warrior in a clearing with another band warrior if you're their controller because then you're not really you're there's no benefit to having two, other than the fact that they'll harmonize
0: yeah well yeah that first of all you should listen to them when they play together it's fantastic (laughs) but uh other than that it does like help if somebody because as we'll talk about with some of the card interactions the way to get around the street band is to punch them okay (laughs) yeah right if you want them to stop playing the song you have to punch them in the face okay and if you put two uh in that clearing it might be a little harder that's the only reason it's probably not a good enough reason but yeah mm -hmm. um okay So who does this counter? Well, we kind of already talked about it. Badgers. Oh, boy. Badgers and birds are just looking at this band like these are a problem in our woodland. Um, Especially because of the way not only that they have to move, but because they can't move battle then move. I guess the badgers can, but they are using a move or recover to move.
1: I, I remember in the community root game... As the Erie dynasties, I was gonna. Uh, we were sweating bullets about the street band.
2: <laughs> yes, you guys were. That's true. That's the thing. Is like this really not only hurts badgers and um, birds, but like with limited mobility maps. Like let's talk about winter map. If you put the band in the center, those center clearings, like the badgers are gonna hate you. They're gonna constantly be fighting. I would imagine the band themselves. And it's just such a, you know, we for all, all, everything
1: we've said about, like, how players are using their battle actions more efficiently, this is just forcing you to have just a pointless battle. Mm-hmm.
2: And and it really hurts, you know? At least as the Badgers, it's part of what they're doing already. They're battling with the devil. But a lot of the time, they need to battle down the person who rules that clearing so they rule for that delve, right? Mm-hmm. So if they're wasting it on the lute player, or God forbid, the drummer, then that's just not <laughs> a good use of their time.
0: Also, those badger battalions are really small. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're not moving with six warriors a lot of the time. Uh, and so, if you need to get to a clearing on the other side of a street band clearing, going around usually isn't an option. There might be a bunch of other players in the way. So, like, this can really oh stop yeah. you dead in your tracks.
2: This is a good point, Sam. Also, the band punches back yeah, like if there's yeah, two do of them, hit. they
0: can do two hits. Like that's not good. Yeah, <laughs> you know, bands love a hit. Um, <laughs> the, usually they're one hit wonders, but occasionally, <laughs> occasionally they do more. Um, all right, who else does this counter rats? As <sighs> always, of course. Um, because we do have a demoted hireling here with pieces, but these pieces stop your movement. Yes. Is there a better answer to the band than the warlord? No, the warlord is going to move in there and they're going to kill him. But it and the advance is really it's not it's kind of a non-factor now that I'm thinking about it. Right. You move in, you battle and then you keep going.
2: The other thing about this that we're kind of underplaying is where this guy's go. They go in any clearing. Yeah. So yeah. that's it's like give, a lizard recruit. Yeah, they just Pop yeah. up. That's pretty powerful because then you can put him in the path of the warlord Mm -hmm. or in his back line to stop oppression or whatever, or stop his newly recruited rats at the strongholds from moving out to help. Yeah. Sorry, real quick. That actually, that last point that I made isn't true, right? Because enemies cannot move from a clearing with a band on the same turn they moved into it. But that doesn't count for placing. Correct.
1: Yeah. If if you place, in this example, Jake, then you place a street band warrior directly onto a stronghold. They would recruit at the stronghold, and then they could just move out if they wanted to, because no pieces have entered that clearing yet. But but if a single rat warrior walks into that clearing, then they're all stuck. Right. So the play the play is to play them adjacent on the pathway. Right. (laughs) The show has started.
0: As much as we're talking about the factions here, I think the street band. We should, for a moment, talk about the maps because Winter Map and Lake Map are going to have huge yeah clearings to put these band warriors where it's going to be a very big problem right um you can really keep yourself behind enemy lines for a while uh with them
1: i was gonna say basically every clearing except the top right and top left corner on lake map right all the other 10 clearings are all the problem
0: Um, yeah, that idea like, oh, I'm going to ferry over there and then I'm going to like move. It's like, nope, you're just going to nope. ferry over there. And that's where you're going to stop, you know, uh, unless you can battle, then move. Uh, otters. Otters, when the death ball gets rolling. Oh, that death ball is susceptible to a good tune. Um, <laughs> and then probably the one that really sucks is the Woodland Alliance.
1: Uh, yeah, Th- this checkmates a Woodland Alliance endgame. Yeah big time because usually you need like a nifty movement sequence to kind of organize for that final Mm -hmm. little burst. And usually you don't have enough warriors to like go through too many avenues. So there's like one slightly under defended kind of string of clearings that you can make it through snake around and organize. Well, this just shuts all that down (laughs) or you have to spend an extra evening action battling it down you don't have a huge number of warriors to begin with. It's always a problem. And yeah, I can see the street band just being so annoying to have to calculate around
2: as the weather alliance. Yeah. Now you can remove for sympathy in that clearing, so if you needed to organize in the clearing with the band member, you still could. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They let you put up posters in the venue, but <laughs> that's nice of them. Uh should we rush for the street band? Or should we just get our tickets ahead of time? I kind of think as a deterrent for other moment, I mean, that's the whole point of
2: the hireling, so no shit. Uh, (laughs) I'm just saying, like, uh, I think if you want to gum up the works, as we said earlier, like, quickly, yeah, I think you should. I think if you want to, like, draw the line, too, if you're cats and you you know you're going to start getting smacked because you played some aggressive early moves, then you've got a reason to at least put some... Uh, distractions in between you and the Eerie or whoever's coming your way. By yeah. distractions, I mean the street band.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think if movement's a part of your game, if you're birds, badgers, or woodland alliance, I could see wanting to rush for it to, like, get those early placements. But also, like, you're not going to be able to place them all. You're not going to be in control of, like, where they're at because there's going to be a couple kind of in a bunch of spots, I think. Or... What we haven't talked about, which is the true downside to this hireling, is every turn they just place one. If somebody removes it, if somebody goes in there and battles it, like this hireling never gets off the ground, and it's a total non-factor.
2: Oh, you mean every time? Because it's it's the first turn you have it. It does. It's not even there, right? Right. There's
0: no like set it up. There's no like when it's hired. It's always you place one.
1: I mean, yes, sure. If everyone cuts the grass then we're fine. But no one cuts the grass in this game. Is that always (laughs) the same faction every turn? And if they're spending their time doing that, who are they not checking? Yeah. So like, I think, I think the, um, the kind of scrum of root will eventually let this hireling kind of
2: flourish in spite of everyone's disdain for it. I think people are going to suddenly realize there's five out there. and like, when did that happen? (laughs) (laughs) especially if it switches especially if it it can happen early if it switches hands in the right turn direction right right oh right that's a factor that we i think sometimes don't consider in terms of the speed at which some of these hirelings can be deployed is that if they are thrown to a person ahead of the turn ahead of that person in the turn order then it doesn't take as many rounds
0: for them to get moving yeah that's a good point
2: I, I don't know. I think rushing it as a moving faction is actually a bad idea because that means it's in the game sooner and you don't want it in the game any sooner. Yeah. I'm thinking of it as a defensive thing as like you are not a moving faction and
0: you want to prevent the moving factions from moving. I think you're right. I, you're, I, I'm you're I'm totally going back on this, Jake. You're totally right. Because I was thinking like you want to set up where they are so they're not in your way, but you really don't have that kind of control. And you're right. No. The longer that these guys aren't on the board, the better so and you
2: want to set them up not necessarily in your space you want to hit them set them up between you and them because yeah. then they're hanging out in your space where they can attack you which is what you don't need
0: right uh all right so some uh card interaction so should we rush to get it i guess the answer is no i, th- kind I, of d- I think the board. in most
2: situations you don't unless you are someone who like I, I think the cats have good reasons too
0: yeah if you want to
1: stay put and you want to counter those factions that like to move
2: yeah maybe the moles or something it.
1: too yeah i think this yeah. is a- incredibly strategically rich hireling to grab. Because you can, depending on the faction you're playing against, you can kind of funnel your opponents into certain directions. I I know that early, especially in a game of Root, I'm often faced with some choices where I don't know if a faction's going to go, like, north or south. Like, are they going to go around the lake, or are they going to go up? Like... I don't know which way they're going to go, and using this hireling, you can kind of force him in one direction or the other, and then that will help you plan ahead a little bit as well.
2: Especially early on with like the the warlord, right? It's like he generally has like maybe two viable routes that he's going to go, and one's more favorable than the other. And now you're forcing him to take one of the, one of those. And he yeah, can, or he conversely, can, you can like drop one as
1: like bait almost, and just yeah. Well, this is going to be annoying if you let it live. You know? <laughs> I mean, like, kind of,
0: are forced to go for it, just, it. He has to
2: extra. He has to calculate one more battle and do his formula to deal with that to clear for oppression.
0: Yeah, or if you're going against the birds, like you might make them put a card into move that they didn't want to put, or like start a battle earlier than they were ready for.
2: It really hampers because they move. They have to do all their moves first before all their battles. Yes. They can't. They can't swap them up like the
0: other classes. Here's a great example. Okay. Uh, they put a suited card in recruit. They put a, a rabbit card because they're right near a rabbit clearing, but the other three rabbit clearings are far away. You put the band warrior in that rabbit clearing, and unless they're already there, then they can't move out of it. You know, just like things like that right. that just make their life a little bit more difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rushing for it. Yeah. Well, yeah, 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 it's situational. All right. Some card interactions. Um, prop, I, I basically thought about cards that help you get around these kind of movement restrictions. So propaganda bureau, being able to just like convert a warrior in any clearing you want, you could choose a band warrior, couldn't you? Right? True. It is an enemy piece. Yes. Right. Um tunnels, you know, if you got crafting pieces and you don't have to get in the way of that clearing. Obviously if a band warrior is in a clearing with your crafting piece then tunnels doesn't get around it right
2: because tunnels is still a move Right, right it is still a
0: move yeah um river boats same way but maybe the band is set up in a way where if you take the river you can avoid going through the band right uh league of adventurous mice gets us an extra move so if we're trying to go around that might help that or a battle to get rid of them so that we can continue moving tunnels would really help the alliances issue right big time tunnels is very good for the alliance yeah. i mean obviously it is
2: but like it would actually fully negate their problem for the most if part. they could spread beyond yeah the yeah band or Warrior, elsewhere then yeah yeah
0: and then eerie emigre is just um just uh, uh people that hate the band <laughs> people that can just move in and clear out the band before your turn happens
2: at the venue, right as they're starting their song, the door just gets kicked open and a bird starts marching through the audience yeah. right at them.
0: Yeah, they're Ticketmaster. They hate <laughs> bands. Uh, yeah.
2: Well, then they'd be hit in the audience as well if they were Ticketmaster. <laughs>
0: <running. laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you craft your You're like, "Why? What? what is this $16 convenience fee? Um, all right. Some special teams here. Uh, If the vagabond controls the street band and is moving with allied warriors through that clearing with the street band, the allied warriors will have to stop and listen to the band. They don't get Mm. to go through. However, if a player is in a coalition with a vagabond, you can move through them ignoring their beautiful songs.
1: Okay. So allied warriors are technically still enemies, but coalition, you are no
0: longer enemies. That's right. That's right. Okay. And the band is uh, a way of constricting the Vagabond Slip. Because mm. if they slip into a clearing with the, uh, the Woodland Band, they can't move from there. It, it,
1: you can slip out of a clearing with the band. Right. And you can slip out of a clearing with the snare. Right. But once you've gone in using Slip, then you can no longer move out until you've taken care of the band. That's right.
0: All right. That's street band. What what uh, what kind of score are we giving this? I think I'm going to give it a 1 2 out of 3 4.
2: <laughs> i was going to give it a 4.7 on pitchfork. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's pretty good.
2: Uh well they're pretty good. They're, this is pretty cool. I think I think the the ability to place them anywhere makes them so useful for whatever state. Like It's not, it doesn't have to be situational. You can just be like, uh, let's stop movement over here. Mm -hmm. Even if I don't know what that situation is, it sounds pretty good for me. Yeah. It doesn't hurt me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) To me, this is like the ideal hireling kind of effect, uh, because this impacts the game in a way that you feel without it being totally like distorting everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it impacts the game in a way that i i find is really cool for a hireling to do. It's like um, it's like bandits to me.
0: It is yes. a little bit
1: like bandits.
0: Yeah. You're setting up Band a trap a little bit. Yeah. I'm a little worried about its fragility if i'm going to be honest.
1: It is fragile, but only because it's such a strong effect that people are forced to deal with it.
2: There's yeah. five of them at, at at maximum. I know that's a lot, but like they'll get out there
0: uh, yeah. The earlier
1: you start this engine, the more turns people are gonna have to spend dealing
0: right. with it. So Root's got seven turns. Right? Uh-huh. Seven or eight turns maybe, right? If it goes long, maybe nine. The earliest you can get this or the earliest like you can place a band warrior is turn two, assuming yeah. you rushed for it. So right. you know, to see it like have that maximum five warriors out there, like I it just feels like if it's in somebody's way they're gonna deal with it. Sure. And well, yeah, there's the demoted you, side. You yeah. may have stopped them from getting to one clearing further, which is good. Slowing somebody down is good. But yeah. I, I could just see it not being quite as impactful as I want it to be. Because, again, I love the theme, love the meeple, and I love the idea of it. I just kind of wish I had a, more of a setup to it.
2: That feels like the balance of it, though, to the yeah. credit of what Kyle was saying. is like it doesn't feel too much. It's yes. Yeah there's a cost that you have to pay to deal with it. And that cost is a battle. And it's not also just like a free battle. As we mentioned, the band will punch back. So if they crack a loot over your head, that might be the crucial (laughs) bird you needed to fulfill the decree. Yeah, yeah. But I hear you on the fragility. That's also why it's a demoted one.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. A demoted one with pieces. So, you know, that's a pretty pretty cool one. Okay, now it's time to gold, silver, bronze these demoted hirelings. I think I've got my gold ready to go.
1: I also think I have my gold ready.
0: And my gold is silver. Is that yours, Kyle? (laughs) Very good, Sam. Yes! Jake, what do you, you... Yeah, what's yeah, going I on think the
2: Badgers have got it, right? Yeah, the Badger, Badger Bodyguards,
1: Bodyguards coming in at a strong gold at the end of the first half here
2: for Group D. Always ignoring. You don't have to expend anything. <laughs> yeah. It's it does,
0: just that good. Yeah, yeah. Just, just so fun. Um, between Rat Smugglers and Street Band.
2: Street Band wins it for me pretty handily. I mean, I, I've already talked about my bias against the the cost versus the effect of the old smugglers but I still feel like the street band is more shenanigans oriented I mean moving to battle is pretty nice but it's so situational for your card value
1: yeah it's very clearly a punk band um, I to me this is very close because I think both effects are good and I'm gonna even split another hair and say that I think that rat smugglers the effect you get, of the move or the battle is slightly better than the threat of stopping someone's movement that comes with Street Band. Mm -hmm. But I think the fact that Street Band just pops up and it costs you nothing, and then it's like an auto-placement thing, makes it, the, the cheapness of that, to me outweighs the spending a card for a slightly better effect.
2: I'll put another point in your favor for your argument, Kyle, which is that you get to choose between two options. Like it's move or battle, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: If it was move and battle, that
1: yeah, I mean it's well pretty that'd be close, nuts. But like it's not it. just
2: move or just battle. You kind of like it can do many. It can do two things. <laughs> this right. just does one thing. I don't know. It does the one thing for free though, and it does it to everybody.
0: Rat smugglers actually helps you, whereas the other one might hurt your opponents, right? Which is you know. If you do it equally, well, it's the same. But, <laughs> and, but I hear you guys because rat smugglers is a has a price. The other two ones we've been talking about are just free things you get to do. And it, so, if you don't get great value out of it, who cares? It was free, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of like what you said earlier, Sam. If the stars align, then rat smugglers is great. Mm-hmm. If the stars don't align, then you've just you're sitting on a useless hireling for a few turns.
0: Yeah, but I don't know if Street Band has, like, the consistency to, like, be the opposite end of that argument, right? I mean, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. It's, it's. I do think I'm going Street Band, but I don't know. I, I want Rat Smugglers to be good, but I think I'd have to play with these two a couple more times to really be able to figure out how situational it is yeah it's interesting if if you're here's the thing like if you're playing in a game with the badgers and the birds all of a sudden rat smugglers is worse because they were lock they're going to lock cards into their programming decrees and retinues right Mm. if you're playing with the woodland alliance there's stuff that's like stuck in the supporters right and in those specific instances street band
1: kind of hard counters all three of those factions. Yeah. it's so,
0: Yeah. Yeah. We need <laughs> yeah. to play a game with these three demoted hirelings. Okay. <laughs> Playing a five player game. Think,
1: zooming out slightly that it's, it's pretty clear that badger bodyguards is like running away with the first half here, yeah. but oh, man, street band and rat smugglers are just
2: neck and neck.
0: All right, Jake, you're going silver for street band, right? I, I think so.
2: I hear your guys' arguments. I, I, I just, um, I guess maybe, maybe my issue is, is truly like the value of, of an item card everywhere else. I don't know. I, I'm usually not right. card rich in a lot of my games until, I mean, obviously that's faction dependent, but until turn five or something <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, my, my cards are so crucial early on and like, do I really need to spend a whole card for a move? Probably not early on. This Rat Smuggler feels better as the game goes forward. Now, I I do concede your point about cards getting tied up at the Retinue, but that can also be in your favor, because if they tie non-item cards into the Retinue, then you're going to be drawing them more often when the deck gets reset. So there's two sides to that coin.
0: Yeah, that's true.
2: The band kind of plays effective in all stages of the game. This one feels like generally more late stages.
0: Yeah, you're right. It's late stage do you have the cards and do you have the hireling? So
2: a lot of variables to get there, you know? Yeah.
0: Whereas like, even if the street band basically wastes one action from another person, that's going to happen more often than the stars align. It's
2: doing it for, for all of your opponents, right? Your move in your battle. Isn't necessarily affecting all of your opponents,
0: right? It's going to affect one, but usually, you know, it's going to help you, which is better than hurting. Yeah. Every, you know, if you can hurt all of your opponents, that's better than helping you. But, but like, yeah,
2: in this game, those two—I understand how you're conflating them, or yeah. I understand how you're separating them, but they are vastly similar because stopping your opponent from getting to a place is
0: very helpful for you in a lot of situations.
1: Yeah, and you know, with Street Band, it's just a lot more tiny battles, which I love. So
0: okay, all right, we're giving the silver medal to Street Band. Rat Smugglers bring the heat in the second half. We're gonna need it. We're gonna need it.
2: <laughs> they can. Yeah. It's still good. It's just you know, it's good. It's going to be a great play of the game. Yeah. Once every fifty-five games,
0: <laughs> it you know? really will. I. Yeah. Uh, all right. So this week's challenge is to uh, smuggle have something. Have a situation good. where you get to do multiple things with rat smugglers. Anecdotally, I don't even need proof. Just tell <laughs> oh, me you no, did it, no, no. okay? And you have to have done it. And I'll know when you're lying. I can tell in text oh, yeah. if you're lying.
2: Yeah, you don't have to have proof, but you do have to look Sam in the eye over a Zoom call when you're telling him the story.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, tell me about a time when rat smugglers, you you were able to do two battles or two moves or a move in a battle on the same turn. That, even if it kind of didn't matter. I, I just want to see even if we got there with people. Because... If we're not even getting there, then probably Rat Smugglers isn't uh, as good as I want it to be, despite its <laughs> great card art. Okay, that's all we got for the first half of Group D in the Hirelings World Cup. Stay tuned for next week when we will be covering the promoted side of these hirelings. We're talking about the Vault Keepers, the Popular Band, and Flame bearers flame bearers flame bearers (laughs) flame bears i know right we're so So close close to having a flame bear faction
2: (laughs) is that just a bear that's on fire and uncontrollably running through the clearing setting buildings (gasps) on fire as well yeah the the demoted side is just smoking bear
0: (laughs) just a bear with a cigar yeah, it's the opposite of Smokey the Bear. He's like yeah. I'm he's wrong. He's on the forest in the fire. Forest.
1: <laughs> uh he would appreciate the irony, but he's currently on fire.
0: <laughs> are we gonna say root or are we gonna is it like fun to not say root?
2: Oh we can say root. We have to figure out a way to oh <laughs>
0: fence tree fence
2: fence fence of trees right guys Is that we were all agreed
0: i thought it was like a defense thing
2: yeah defense tree fence but that's what a fence of trees would be in your neighborhood right uh, yeah y- yeah yeah i guess so like you know how some people
1: grow like shrubs in front of yeah. their yard a, a, a
2: shrubbery or a this
1: would be like a very close cluster of trees. I just feel a like it'd be fence. easy to get through a tree fence because they have to, like, have a certain amount of room between them.
2: Mm, yeah, there has to be brambles in between. Yeah. Not a very effective tree fence.
1: Yeah, maybe its flexibility is part of its appeal. I don't know.
2: Okay. <laughs> Glad we took this uh, side <laughs> right here.
1: All right, for more lawn and yard advice <laughs> with Jake... <laughs> Game 25 on the mountain map.
0: Yeah, Sam, you want to add something? I'm just, I don't think I've ever podcasted with two more exhausted people in my life. (laughs) Y'all, I appreciate it, but everyone here is burning the candle at all three ends, okay? I do feel like I've been awake for like
1: four and a half straight weeks. (laughs) That's, That's where my mental state is at right now.
0: So you start by slaying and
1: then living. Okay. All right. We're not doing this.
2: (laughs) It's not a simultaneous thing. You first slay, then live to sliv. Yes. Yeah. I didn't even know this was a saying.
1: Yeah. Well, it's sort of a a portmanteau about living a luxurious lifestyle and not taking any crap about it. (laughs)
0: that's my interpretation anyway i could be wrong (laughs) kyle's referencing of course the new paris hilton catchphrase living uh as featured on the cooking with paris video (laughs) that uh many people saw in the i think it was the early pandemic maybe that sounds right
1: yeah i I think many people might take issue with the idea that this is in any way new but (laughs) yeah yeah but if you haven't seen paris hilton cooking it is worth it
0: no you know what this is not woodland war machine this is not what we're doing this is a different podcast this is now a totally different podcast this is pop culture with jake kyle and sam no
2: one signed up for this no well i won't be putting a link to paris hilton's cooking show in the description
0: of this right no we're not including this in the episode
2: (laughs) this is the cold open no we have
0: a different cold open um, like hey guys like, have you ever had spoons before those things are crazy like when you're like using them to eat cereal and stuff
2: <laughs> what's your favorite spoon Sam next
0: time on cooking with Sam <laughs> <laughs> what's my favorite type of spoon um, I actually like a small spoon my wife uh, tends to go for the bigger spoons in the drawer I like the small ones
2: oh that's uh, called s-s living right small spoon living yeah <laughs>
0: Well, they don't get that, Jake, because that part wasn't included in the cold open. (laughs) I guess I have to include it all now. I guess I'm editing this episode.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's how I get you to do the work, is I make the episode so bad you're forced to edit it. (laughs) Uh, I actually, there is a trend that I've seen recently that I am very much approving of, uh, which was commentators of games uh, taking a bathroom break in the middle of the game. I am so happy that commentators are doing it. Uh, the The most relevant to this podcast is, of course, Garrett Samples. There was a there was an episode of the Root Winter Tournament about maybe three weeks ago. I saw where he was resisting the urge to go, and he said it verbally: he "says I really have to go, but I'm going to wait." And I was like screaming at my television, "Garrett, go! Garrett, don't! Your bladder's not worth it, much less your kidneys." Should something happen, you know? Uh, and I wasn't in chat because I had been watching it on my TV, so uh, I don't know if. I think he's okay because he, he showed up in later games. But then in the later game, I saw him go to the bathroom and I was like, thank you, Garrick. Like, I'm glad to see this is actually happening. People aren't just like needing to sit there and damage their internal organs just to not comment.
0: Yeah, man, this is this is insight into your world here. This is something I, that has bothered you in the past? Well, I think people hold it for like like you can go away for
2: a second it's okay we can we can be excused for a second of your presence especially if it's for something that you're holding in your body If it's for important reasons no i'm definitely on board i
1: mean for example like if you have some really important meal that you're preparing and you need to <gasps> step away to Stirring. tend to that meal like that's important you know gotta carve out the time for you
2: as long as it doesn't interrupt your focus i suppose right Right. Like did you have did you have to give much of your bandwidth to the soup? No. <laughs> no, I needed to agitate the soup slightly. It was
1: <laughs> Is that what the directions say? Agitate <laughs> the
2: soup slightly?
1: Hey. What are you hey, doing? doing here? Sam, <laughs> I don't want pot. to alarm you, but I did use a rather large spoon to Oh jeez. To um they don't soup. get
2: that
0: <laughs> wait when did when did the cold open start Sam
2: edited all that out <laughs> no
0: alright episode 101 is just a long cold open okay <laughs> featuring only Sam <laughs> Jake will have gone to the bathroom for that full episode <laughs>